Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialling their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% of all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Today we're talking about colostrum, which is a supplement that's considered to be an ergogenic aid. However, there are some ethical considerations and some views of WADA to consider. So join us to find out more. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionist friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance. And especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for a guidance and advice only, and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Ailey to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. Welcome back. I'm Aileen and I'm here with Karen once again. And as always, we're going to begin by sharing something personal to you uh, with our, about our running or our nutrition uh, before we move on to discuss our topic for today. So today we are talking about spotlighting cholesterol. And it's a supplement that some of you may have heard of or you might have even tried. Um, but before we get going, Karen, um, I just thought I'd ask if you use any supplements to support your running, um, potentially as an ergogenic aid. Hi, everybody. Hi, Aileen. What I do do is um, I do use supplements to support my bone health and my soft tissue health due to having osteopenia and also a susceptibility to injury. But um, I don't use it for um, directly for performance. But it could be that these supplements are supporting my training indirectly. But it's indirect rather than um, direct. I have to say, I haven't used um, colostrum. Um, being vegetarian, I have to say, it is a product I, I struggle, struggle with ethically. Even though, you know, I do drink milk and I have milk products, but I can't quite get my head around um, the bovine colostrum. So I haven't used that. Um, how about you, Aileen? Do you take any supplements to support your running performance? Um, well, I'm really in the same camp as you, Karen. I, I aim to support my overall health, and I think that in turn keeps me healthy for running and everything else I want to do. Um, I have used colostrum uh, once in the past, uh, and that was when I was recovering from a broken wrist because I think I was looking around, researching what everything I could do, and that was one of the things that was suggested. Uh, but I've not used it since. And um, I think, you know, we're always talking about different nutrients, aren't we, during the, the podcast episodes. And, and often we come across a nutrient and you think, oh, well, that sounds really good. But I, I'm just not in the mindset 
mindset of using one thing consistently to improve performance because I think it's a synergy of different nutrients that help me rather than one particular thing. Um, so yeah, that's my, my place with regards to that. Um, so let's move on and, and let's introduce the subject for today, which as I said, is all about colostrum and its use in sport. Um, so I actually thought it was one of the new, new kids on the block regarding supplements in sport. But what, what we've discovered is that it's actually been studied in the world of sports nutrition for at least 25 years in the past. Um, so not quite so new. It's maybe just not widely known about. Um, so today what we're going to do is outline what it is and why it's proving to be popular in sports today, um, delve into its known sports performance effects, and then debate whether you could consider to use it as an ergogenic aid. Um, so just thinking, Karen, about what colostrum is, uh, we probably all know that it is the milk that all mammals produce just before giving birth, and it's incredibly nutrient-rich, which is clearly crucial for the newborn. Uh, but Karen, what can you tell us about colostrum and its supplemental use in sport? Yeah, well, what I would start by saying is that it is predominantly bovine colostrum that's used um, in, in commercially and that you can find in the, the marketplace. Now, apparently there has been a, a couple of studies looking at colostrum from other animals, including sheep and goats. However, the research is very much in its infancy. And I know that you can actually get sheep and goats colostrum, but again, like I say the research there is is um, very very novel so um, definitely need more research into that but thinking of bovine colostrum like you said Aileen it is the first milk secreted by cows after calving and it is a really rich source of um, different proteins in fact it contains five times the amount of proteins compared to mature milk and we know how protein rich milk is and um, it also contains um, bioactive substances including what's known as insulin-like growth factor one now this is really important for muscle tissue growth and also muscle tissue maintenance it's got a really high content of antibodies especially the immunoglobulins such as um, what's known as IgG so that's immunoglobulin G, IgA and IgM but it's predominantly IgG that is found in um, the bovine um, the bovine milk bovine colostrum and it actually a colostrum contains between 50 and 300 times the amount of IgG compared to mature milk. So it's phenomenally rich in all these um, key nutrients. It also contains antimicrobial proteins. And again, that's up to double the content of, of milk. And also it contains most micronutrients, if not all, and also fats and um, carbohydrates, again, at a much higher level than in mature dairy milks so um so very nutritious yeah and that, as we would ex expect it's a complete food in a drink and by that what i mean it, it completes it has all the nutrients that you've just mentioned and some other compounds required for survival and development. Um, so Karen you mentioned there's nutritional nutritional variations between 
bovine cholesterol and mature daily milk. But what about the difference between bovine and human colostrum? Is there any differences there that you can tell us about? Yeah, that's a really great question, actually, Aileen, because um, potential differences really in that may help us decide whether bovine cholesterol is actually beneficial in human health. Um, And when I was reading through the studies, there were a couple of differences that um, are probably worth picking up on here. And one is that um, bovine cholesterol contains much less lactose, so that's milk sugar, than human milk, but much higher amounts of the milk protein, casein, which most people will have heard of. Now, the reason it's so high in casein is um, because that's really important for supporting muscle tissue development within the calf, because as we know, um, calves need to be up and running really quickly after birth. So um, so they need that, um, that protein, that casein in it. Uh, lactose, however, is much higher in human cholesterol because babies tend to be immobile for many weeks, months following birth. However, their brains are developing really rapidly during this time. And the milk sugar, so that lactose will be converted to glucose to fuel the brain development. So those are this one key difference. Another one is that human colostrum contains predominantly IgA, so that immunoglobulin A antibodies, whereas the bovine cholesterol contains mostly the IgG that I mentioned earlier. Now, again, IgG is really high in the bovine cholesterol because the calves are born without any immune system, which is really interesting. Therefore, they rely solely on the antibodies found in cholesterol necessary for fighting infection and inflammation. And IgG is the key immunoglobulin for that. Now, human babies, in contrast, are born with IgG antibodies that are passed from the mother's placenta to the fetus. So they've already got that protection. Um, In human cholesterol, however, the principal antibody is IgA. Now, that's really important for um, the the integrity of um, the intestinal um, lining the intestinal development, amongst other things, but that's one of its its key its its key functions. So, so those are just a couple of um, areas that I thought were worth highlighting regarding the differences, Aileen. Yeah, and I think it's interesting for people to know what the cholesterol does for babies as well as what it's doing for mm-hmm. baby calves as well. And mm-hmm. I guess from an ethical point of view, that's where people weigh up <laughs> whether it's the right thing to do to remove colostrum from the cow and then the calf not not receive that Mm -hmm. um so um moving on to other things karen that there does seem to be some quite significant differences between the makeup of human and bovine colostrum so it does beg the question how beneficial would bovine colostrum be to human health albeit we're taking it as adults not babies um Mm -hmm. and maybe we could we sort of discuss why it's been and still is being researched within the world of sports uh, nutrition and in particular why is it popular as an ergogenic aid? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, some of the reasons that bovine colostrum is popular um, as a performance aid is because the research to date suggests that it could help improve body composition as well as increase power and strength in resistance training. Now, Research has also investigated um, how bovine cholesterol could improve endurance performance and also increase lean muscle tissue. Now, clearly, that's what would be important to us as runners. Now, overall, I have to say the number of studies into the performance effects of bovine cholesterol do remain small. Um, therefore, the evidence to date is far from conclusive. But from what there is out there, it would appear it could be um, or have a um, potential enhancing effect on athletic performance, especially regarding the power, the strength and also aerobic fitness. Now, interestingly, there was an excellent review paper um, in 2021, so a very recent one that I read that suggested that studies to date have shown both bovine cholesterol to be more protective against performance decline rather than performance enhancing. So is it actually that that makes it beneficial rather than it actually directly enhancing performance? It's just preventing it deteriorating. And I think another point that's worth mentioning here that is that the, the, the mechanism of action of bovine cholesterol, so how it produces these potential positive effects, is currently unclear. The scientists don't know, but apparently they are, you know, research is trying to determine this. And maybe by determining this, it will help us understand more fully how it is being beneficial. Okay, so yeah, thanks for sort of rounding that up. And I think in a minute we'll move on and discuss the performance benefits that you mentioned, the power, the strength, the aerobic fitness in a bit more detail. Um, but before we do that, I just wondered if there are any other potential performance benefits that have been addressed or identified. Yes, there have, Aileen, as well as the ones that I have just mentioned, there are others, um, some others that have been investigated, but they are more linked to indirect benefits rather than direct benefits to performance. And these include um, areas such as um, recovery from training. So clearly, if we recover well, then we're going to train well going forward and indirectly that's going to support um performance. Also, um, it's looked into gut damage, including intestinal permeability. And we know um, that that is something that a lot of runners can suffer from, especially distance runners. Also, it's been looked at in regards to supporting the immune function and also illness risk. So, you know, they're, they're, it, it, it is interesting because the research evidence so far shows that these benefits, uh, indirect benefits, to, to tend to be stronger than for the direct benefits. There seems to be more evidence um, for this and how it can support an athlete rather than the direct benefits to to performance itself. Mm. Good. Okay. Thanks, Karen. So so far, we've determined what cholesterol is what the nutritional makeup of cholesterol is. And we've also looked at the differences between human and bovine cholesterol. And um, 
bovine cholesterol appears to show potential for enhancing sports performance both directly and indirectly and there's sort of ongoing research relating to all of that um so let's move on and delve a little bit deeper into the potential benefits to performance so Karen shall we start by looking at body composition um, and what the research is saying there Yes, absolutely, Aileen. And I have to, I have to say, as always, research is conflicting. Uh, some studies suggest that the, the bovine cholesterol, in conjunction with resistance exercise, not just the cholesterol itself, can enhance body composition by promoting muscle gain whilst also promoting fat loss. But I have to say that there are other studies that state no difference in body composition um, between subjects that were taking the bovine um, colostrum and others that were just taking a placebo. Now, it is thought that it could be partly explained away by the fact that many of the placebo products um, used in, in the different research papers and the research studies are not matched for their energy or protein content. So it could be that the nutritional composition, so different nutrients within the, the colostrum that's leading to the enhanced body composition rather than the colostrum as 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 a, a, a per se that, that's causing the difference, if that makes sense, Aileen. Yeah, and I know that whey is often used as a placebo. Uh, do you know of any other um, used as a placebo in the studies? Yeah, no. The, the, like you say, Aileen, the ones that I uh, looked at, the um, it was the whey that they used, like you said. And although whey is rich in protein, the content of the micronutrients is much lower than that of cholesterol. So, for example, calcium um, in in whey is much lower than it is in colostrum. And in fact, in colostrum, the calcium content is really high. So, mm. is it is is it that? Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting because calcium is known to affect fat metabolism, leading to an increase in fat loss or prevention of fat gain when when in energy balance so mm-hmm. basically what could be occurring is potentially the effects of calcium are leading to the improved body composition outcome rather than the effects of colostrum per se so um interesting yeah. Yeah, exactly that, Alien. That's what I was trying to put across earlier. Is that is it is it individual components of the cholesterol rather than the cholesterol per se that's leading to these um these changes in body composition. But I think it also highlights the need for and the importance of more research and, and maybe research with better matched placebos and control conditions for the research going forward. Okay, so let's let's move on and think about the other potential benefits. So you mentioned earlier uh, recovery, and um, a research paper that I I read looks at the colostrum and enhanced recovery and endurance performance. And uh, just to give you a, a little bit of an overview of what they looked at, so the participants were given either sixty grams per day of bovine colostrum or the placebo, which in, in this case was whey. Um, over an eight-week period and they during the the training um, or the the survey period they had to complete three by uh, 45 minute runs per week 
and their exercise capacity was assessed at four weeks and eight weeks and obviously before they started training so at baseline too so it was an assessment at baseline four and eight weeks and that involved an incremental treadmill run to exhaustion uh, rest for 20 minutes and then repeating that um, and what the scientists found that was that actually no difference between the colostrum and um, placebo groups at four weeks but then at eight weeks the cholesterol group showed greater improvements in distances achieved on the treadmill before exhaustion set in so that was interesting um, and according to the researchers they believe the reasons for the increase in performance might be linked to a few different areas so what they said was it could be increased buffering capacity. So that's the diminishing effects of acid buildup from exercise. Um, it could be systemic factors leading to physiological training adaptations. It could be an enhanced immune function. It could be reduced illness. Um, or, or maybe it was just that the participants were more diligent and practiced in adhering to the exercise regime. Um, so I think, again, the sort of, I suppose the theme there is consistency, isn't it? If you're consistent yeah. with something, you get results. Exactly, exactly. And I think also what this study um, suggests and highlights is that, like we were saying before, there could be direct benefits, there could be indirect benefits, or possibly there could be no benefits from, from taking colostrum. So it is it is really interesting. Um and but Aileen, I just wanted to before we move on, I just wanted to mention um the the other potential indirect benefits of colostrum and thinking specifically about the gastrointestinal tract, because as we know, this is a, an area that uh, a lot of um, runners struggle with. Um, and as most of us are probably aware, and it is something that we talk about often on different platforms, that the intense and endurance exercise is a stressor. Um, on the body and stress is known to negatively impact the gastrointestinal tract, which can increase the risk of an athlete suffering, suffering from intestinal permeability that I mentioned earlier, or that leaky gut as it's more commonly known actually. Now, what can happen is that this intestinal permeability can in turn um, increase the potential for the translocation, so that movement of bacteria and toxins from the digestive tract into systemic circulation. And this is known as endotoxemia. And that can put additional stress on the immune system, therefore potentially pushing the athlete into immunosuppression and increasing the risk of different infections, inflammations and other um, um, potential illness and um, conditions. So um, can have far reaching effects, actually, sort of that GI distress. Yeah, absolutely, Karen. And I think that's something that we would um, recommend that people need to um, address medically if, if severe um, or certainly investigate it uh, to see if the you know what the root cause of the gastrointestinal issues are um, and also looking at it from a, a more localized level so uh, this intestinal permeability could contribute to acute GI symptoms so things that uh, you know runners often tell us that they experience things like stomach cramps nausea dizziness, diarrhea, um, and they're very prevalent in 
endurance runners, especially, um, you know, when you're doing long distance runs. And they can really impact on performance and recovery as well as nutrient um, absorption and overall training. So addressing these digestive symptoms um, in an effort to prevent more extreme outcomes occurring is, is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree. And I think addressing any symptom, no matter how minor it may seem, could really help prevent any more serious symptoms and conditions from developing, because clearly you don't want to be moving into that endotoxemia situation. So so going back to colostrum, where does bovine colostrum fit into all of this? Well, it has been shown to be beneficial in maintaining the integrity of that intestinal wall and allowing appropriate permeability because you need some permeability in the intestinal wall, but you don't want it um, it exaggerated. Now, in one placebo-controlled and crossover study, actually, a group of runners were, um, was given 20 grams per day of bovine um, colostrum or energy matched milk protein for two weeks. Now, following this, they had to complete a 20 minute run on a treadmill. And this was under specific laboratory conditions. And then there was a crossover. They had to do the opposite. Now, the results showed that running caused a significant increase in intestinal permeability in the placebo group, whereas the cholesterol appeared to completely blunt that intestinal permeability. So it does seem to have a really protective effect. Mm. Yeah, that's that's very fascinating, Mm. Karen. And I'm, I'm thinking that you know, as we know, approximately 70% of the immune system is found in the digestive tract. And we've spoken about intestinal permeability and its link to immune dysfunction. Um, so I'm wondering, therefore, where all this fits into the effects of bovine cholesterol on the immune system as a whole. You know, you talked a lot about that um, at the beginning. Can you enlighten us a bit more? Yeah, absolutely, Aileen. So just to to sort of give you a brief insight, um, sort of studies into general immunology as well as exercise nutrition appears to to show that um, bovine cholesterol can lead to an enhancement or a priming of um, immune cell function, including the function of neutrophils and basophils. Now, these are two types of um, white blood cells, so therefore fighting and infection and also the release of certain cytokines so certain proteins and these proteins um, are anti-inflammatory so this seems to be how um, cholesterol works in in an immune supportive way also um, that the bovine cholesterol has been shown to increase the release of um, of salivary IgA. Now, this is the immunoglobulin that's involved in mucosal immunity that I mentioned earlier, as well as um, other antimicrobial proteins. So really, in a nutshell, these results, I would say, suggest that bovine uh, cholesterol supplementation could have beneficial effects on the immune system, which might lead to a reduction in the incidence and or the severity of, say, um, infections such as um, um, the upper respiratory tract infections, which, as we know, are really commonly experienced by runners, especially the endurance runner. But 
as always, what I would just say here is that more research is required to substantiate these outcomes, but it is sounding and looking promising. Mm, and I always think of this secretory IGA as being the almost like the first line of defence when it yeah. comes to the immune system and it tends to be um, suppressed by stress. So, um, you know, that would be a good counteract for, to to that, um, although there are other ways that you can help promote secretory IGA too, but we won't go into those just now. Um, so, Karen, just before we move on, are there any female factors that we should be considering regarding bovine cholesterol and its potential exercising um, enhancing effects? Yeah, well, actually, from the the um, research that I was reading, I, I didn't find any specific female factors um, that to, to to consider. However, I did read a study that was completed just on females. Now, that is really rare, as we have said many times, Aileen, um, here. Uh, but I have to say, it was a really small study. There were only 21 participants, and it was carried out on young elite basketball players. Um, and also, the results here suggested that bovine cholesterol had no positive effects on the immune system function, which is contrary really to the other studies that we've discussed um, today. But what I would just add here is that the dose of cholesterol given in this female-based study was only 6.4 grams per day. That was over a six-month period, but it was only 6.4 grams per day. Now, the other studies that we've discussed and others that I read um, were given between 20 grams and 40 grams per day. So maybe it was just that the supplement load was just too small in this in this study. So still a lot of questions around it all. Yeah, yeah, I can see how that would be possible. Um, and also, you know, whether whether other active ingredients that were or were not present in the supplement used. So, yeah, as you said, further research definitely required. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree, Aileen. Okay, so so in a minute we'll move on to discuss whether to use cholesterol supplementation or not. But I was just thinking maybe we could have a quick advert break, Aileen, before we move on. Yes, yes, of course. Um, so this is the moment in the episode where Karen and I take a minute just to talk to you about what else we do outside of the podcast. Um, so I'm just going to ask a question. Does this sound like you? Do you have weight gain or poor muscle tone and low energy? Well, well, we often find that um, women share these um, issues with us and they tell us that they're unhappy with the way they look and feel, as particularly as they transition through midlife. Uh, but many women just seem resigned to it and we hear them say, well, that's just the way it is or it's the menopause, so I just have to put up with it. Um, but it really doesn't have to be that way. And we, as women of a certain age, just need to be more strategic in our approach to nutrition, exercise and lifestyle choices so that we can flourish and can and can continue to enjoy our running and everyday lives um, through through midlife and beyond into older age. So to help empower you, we developed our Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner method. And the magic of our method is how we deliver it. Uh, at the core of everything we do is ensuring that the program is easy for you to implement. And we personally guide you through a simple 90-day step-by-step method. Um, so if you're curious to know more, we'd love you to join uh, the wait list for our Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner method and be in line, uh, first in line for special prices, uh, bonuses and priority bookings. Um, 
we've we've talked about this uh, a few times and uh, we will be opening the doors um, for our next program soon uh, so watch this space and if you want to know when and what it's all about um, get yourself on the waiting list um, so we'll put the link in the show notes and all you have to do is click on it complete the form and leave the rest to us we'll be in touch um, as soon as there's any news Great. Thanks very much, Aileen. So we've considered the potential performance effects of bovine colostrum. Now let's move on and think about the use of bovine colostrum as an ergogenic aid to support our running. Should we use it or not? And I suppose the first thing to say here is that it definitely isn't for you if you are vegan because it is derived from animals. So that would be the first thing I would say. Also, just a word of caution if you regularly compete in races, because although it's not currently banned by WADA, so that's the World Anti-Doping Agency, they don't recommend um, bovine cholesterol consumption. Now, their official statement is cholesterol is not prohibited by WADA. However, due to the fact that it contains certain quantities of IGF-1 and other growth factors which are prohibited, WADA does not re- recommend the ingestion of um, bovine cholesterol. And and you know, ex- exogenous. So, um, this IGF one, so the, um, insulin growth like factor one, it is a protein that's banned by WADA. Um, but it's, it's interesting, um, in, in WADA's statement that in most studies, they appear to show that oral intake of this IGF-1 um, and, and the, it contained within the bovine cholesterol doesn't increase the serum levels of IGF-1. So this, they're not, WADA are not recommending it, but the studies are not showing that the amount that's contained within um, cholesterol is actually increasing the serum levels. So it's just an interesting point. And additionally, the review paper that I read that I mentioned earlier argues that athletes regularly consume dairy products, for example, milk and whey, and neither have one of those alone or in combination, which could contain significantly more IGF-1 than is in colostrum. Yet WADA hasn't released a statement for these products at all. So interesting, um, but this said, I do think it's still important for race competitors just to be mindful of the WADA statement. Um, and it could it could be that there is a dose-dependent increase in the serum IGF-1 from taking the, the cholesterol supplementation. But again, this would need to be determined. And I think important to be determined so that athletes know how much they can consume without risk. So it could be that they can consume 20 grams or 40 grams per day, which is what we've been looking at or the studies have been looking at. But if they go beyond that, the amount of um, IGF-1 in there um, might might just go over the allowed limit. Does that make sense, Aileen? Yeah, yeah, it does. And I was just thinking, you know, we've been talking about IGF-1, but we haven't really explained why why it's a substance that's banned by WADA. And the reason is it's because IGF-1 has anabolic and lipolytic effects. And what I mean by that is capable of building lean muscle mass whilst also reducing fat mass. 
um, and it was found that athletes were abusing it in competition and that's why it was banned um, and has been banned for many years both in competition and out of competition um, so that's just a little bit of background um, so let's get back onto colostrum now and consider um, the other aspects or the of potential uh, aspects of, of supplementation. Um, so are there any important factors, Karen, that you think um, our listeners would want to consider? Yes, I do, actually. I think, you know, if you're thinking of using a colostrum supplement, then I think the quality of the product that you're purchasing would be really important to consider. And I think there are many factors that could influence that quality and the bioactivity of um, any bovine colostrum. And some of these um, include what was the cow's health status um the, the health status of the cow where it, the, the cholesterol was taken from the amount of cholesterol that was actually produced by the cow whether the cholesterol is retrieved during calving's calving season so is it naturally produced or is it um uh, what's the word I want to say, induced um, mm. out of season. Also, the breed and the age of the cow. Now, I believe now in Scotland we say heifer cows. Is that how you pronounce it down here? Is it heifer or heifer cows? Heifer, I think you would say. Heifer. Okay. So heifer cows <laughs> generally are the ones that are used, I believe. Um, also, the time between calf birth and first milking. Now, the first milk should always go to the calf and then it's the subsequent cholesterol that's produced within 72 hours of birth that should be used as the commercial um, colostrum and that is still really nutritious but clearly the calf needs the first the first milk um, and also the pasteurization methods because um, some of the heating mechanisms are known to reduce the IgG so that immunoglobulin G content by up to 60% so that's significant and also, did the cholesterol come from organic cows? Were they pasture fed? And also, were they free from, from drugs? So things like antibiotics, artificial hormones, and were they also free from pesticides? So just some things to consider. Yeah, really important things, Karen. And I think thinking about all these factors um, leads us to another question. Uh, are there any quality products that you're aware of, Karen, and and um, have these you know companies that produce these products taken the influences that you've just mentioned into consideration? Yeah, absolutely. And I did have to do my research here um, on this one, Alien, because it isn't, like I said at the beginning, it isn't a product I use myself or recommend to my clients. Um, but there does appear to be um, several ethically based companies around that produce and or sell cholesterol products. Now, I've chosen three to mention here, um, but for no particular reason other than their ethical approach to the cows, the calves and also the production process. And the three that um, I've got here are um, Swiss Biocolostrum, and then clearly that is a Swiss company, um, APE Nutrition, and that's a British company, and also Holvita, and they are also a British company. So, um, so they were, you know, the, the, all of the three of those um, 
retrieved the colostrum in an ethical way. So I was quite happy with that. Now, if if anybody would like any more information regarding uh, any of these products, then do please contact us by email at hello at runnershealthhub.com and we can give you some additional information that um, that we looked at when, when doing this research. So uh, do get in touch. Yeah, I mean, this is sort of taking me back to remember a month and months ago, we did an episode on eggs and, and I sort of went off on a bit of tangent about <laughs> the health of hens and, and the cost yes. of these eggs and everything. It reminds me a bit of that. And mm. I mean, I, I've got to say, I haven't really thought about the ethical side of this. But now that you're talking about it, Karen, it, it just seems wrong that even after 72 hours of birth that the calf isn't getting the nutrition and that we are you know it just seems yeah. wrong and yeah. so yeah it's certainly I, um, uh, yeah I totally conscience <laughs> yes and it does prick my conscience that's why I don't recommend it and I just think you know like you said earlier Aileen there are other products out there that can support our performance indirectly or directly in different and you know there are different products out there that we could be using not taking the colostrum away from the calf but that's a very personal um, yeah obviously yeah and um yeah, I think it's just it's just always interesting to know the wider picture about everything that we do with our food, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, and you've got to make the right choices for, yes. for lots of different reasons. Yeah. Um, so that that was really helpful, Karen, and I hope that helps give people choice if they were considering using colostrum. Um, I just wanted to also add here that the supplement company Nature Best. Um, they actually made a statement that they don't sell colostrum products due to the lack of safety studies. So I think it's, it's worth um, bearing that in mind too when you're making your decision about whether to use bovine colostrum or not. Um, so, Karen, we're, we're sort of at that roundup moment of the episode. So could I ask you to give us uh, your key takeaways from today's discussion? Yes, absolutely, Aileen. So just as a reminder, bovine colostrum is the first milk produced by cows following calving, I can't say that word, and is highly nutritious for the newborn calf. It has been used in sport as a potential ergogenic aid for many years. However, studies do remain inconclusive regarding its direct benefits to sports performance. It is thought that um, bovine colostrum may improve body composition and increase power and strength in resistance training, as well as support recovery and immune function. So potentially supporting performance directly and indirectly. Now, remember, if you are vegan and maybe for some vegetarians, too, it's not a product for you, um, as all forms of colostrum are derived from animals. Um, bovine colostrum is not recommended by WADA, although it's not banned, um, but it's not recommended due to its IGF-1 content. So if you do compete regularly at a reasonably high level, so thinking about county, regional, national level, then do be mindful of its use. Um, 
There are many products available to purchase. However, I have to say, I think ethical products are scarcer. So be discerning when making your choices if you do decide to use this product. And then finally, if you are uncertain whether this is the right supplement for you, remember there are lots of other milk-based products that could provide similar performance results. And I'm thinking here of milk, way and casing products. And again, there's been a plethora of, of studies into these um, foods on their performance effects. So, and that would be it, Aileen, for me. Thank you. That's a really interesting conversation, Karen. Um, and my final word would be um, approach this supplement with caution, because as you said, Karen, there are many other milk, dairy-based foods and supplements that may be sufficient for you as a runner to support your performance. Uh, and finally, remember, everyone, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases. Mm -hmm.